0: This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be can't miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now using the promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And folks, we've got a jam-packed episode here, and I say we, however, it is just me. I'm flying solo on this episode due to some scheduling issues with Kyle. He had a hockey game to get to, and we couldn't just quite make our connections meet And then, you know, Chris was a little bit salty after the way the season series with the Jets and the Oilers went and he is feeling a little worried about the first round matchup in the playoffs versus the Oilers for sure and he wasn't sure if he was really ready to talk about his feelings after I guess he's he's feeling pretty frustrated and down on the Jets at the moment so I am very interested to hear what he has to say however you know I get being in that sort of headspace so we're going to give him the time but don't worry insider Chris will be on and uh, I will probably end up linking up with the Jets guys from the Hockey Podcast Network here sometime in the future as well with the playoffs underway but we've got some games to talk about I've got some games to talk about here and we start with like I mentioned the last game versus the Winnipeg Jets it is the first half of a back-to-back And we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. We were doing our predictions. Kyle predicted a 3-1 win. I predicted the 4-2 win, and Kyle hit it right on the head. We score a empty netter as well, and that would give him the 3-1 win exactly. He takes a pretty healthy lead on me now with only a couple games here I really gotta step up my game in the prediction challenge so I'm sure Kyle will rub that into my face when he is here uh later on back this week because he'll be back for the next episode for sure but like I was saying uh we expected Koskinen not to be in net for this one however he is going to be making it I guess Tippett wanted to see Smith in net the next night versus the Flames uh, and I I get that probably maybe a little bit tighter and we've seen what Smith can do versus the Jets and you know what I am always pleased to see Koskinen get into a game and you know what Koskinen was strong and he was strong early Kulikov with some bad turnovers early in this game and Koskinen is forced to come up with some really big saves and then the Oilers get onto the board with a power play absolute rocket from Tyson Berry good pass from McDavid key keeps the points coming gets closer to 100 with every point and that is going to be a theme here as I talk about the rest of these games going forward because McPoints were glorious in these three games with that the Oilers take a one nothing lead into the second period the Oilers with a really strong first period they outshot the Jets 10-6 to in that first period, and then in the second period, like I was saying, Kulikov with some turnovers, and we're starting to see a little bit more of Kulikov's game start to develop here over these last few games here with the Oilers, he's played about three, four games now, and you know what, he's a solid defenseman, they said he brings close to 700 NHL games experience to the Oilers, and that's not, like they're not, they weren't lying when they said that, that's on full display, just the way he closes down, people the way he plays people up along the boards you can really tell he's been in this league a lot he understands the defensive side of the game which is really good however we have seen and we saw it in this game and it leads to the goal here wheeler scores uh, he coughs the puck up a little bit and in some pretty high danger areas. Koskinen bailed him out in the first one. He was not able to do so here, and the game is tied 1 1. However, our power play picking us up right again. Nugent Hopkins would score on just a shot through a screen. It's a really good setup play. Barry picks up a point. McDavid picks up a secondary point. He picks up a second point of the night. And the Oilers take a. lead going into the third period now we've got a one goal game with the Jets the Oilers are up they kill off the one penalty that the Jets had in the third period it was a tight one really strong kill all around. Hellebuck would rob Yamamoto on a really good move. Yamamoto's done that move a couple times. He likes to cut backhand forehand and try and go, and man, Hellebuck looked really, really strong in this game. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't get a lot of run support ahead of him, and Dreisaitl would score the empty netter for the 3-1 win, giving Kyle also the prediction right on the head. McDavid would pick up a point on the empty net for three assists on the game and three points. He gets three points closer to a hundred and the oilers finish second place after that game in the north division and they are now seven and two versus the jets on the season series that brings the season series to a close they are well above 500 versus the jets um, They've beat them almost twice over in a four game playoff series if you want to look at it that way and the way it's looking right now edmonton is going to be matching up with the Ed- winnipeg jets in the first round. And I'm going to get into it in more depth and break down maybe the Jets side of it and what I expect from there, maybe what we should look forward to with when we get the Jets guys um, on the podcast later in the season. But, you know, the way I've looked at it so far, the Jets are the best possible matchup for the Oilers, um, especially with some of the injuries they have, just the way their star power matches up. David has torched Shifley and Wheeler. So I really think like the only X factor is if Hellebuck can stand on his head and we see Hellebuck. Buck plays amazing. But you know what, Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen play just as strong and we can crack them. I don't think they're as deep, especially if Ehlers is hurt or not playing at 100. And man, their their defense is it's one of the weaker defenses in the North Division, in my opinion. And I think with our star power, we are going to absolutely cut through it. With that, the Oilers improved to 29, 16, and 2 after that game. And then they have to turn right around the next night and play the Calgary Flames. We go into the Battle of Alberta. We got Mike Smith. Smith and net. We got Chris Russell in net and the flames are on us hard and early and right off the bat. We, you could tell this was the second half of a back-to-back for the Oilers, not to give them an excuse. It was a really sloppy game, but a lot of it I think was because um, they're starting to play a lot of hockey and they were tired, especially from the game the night before versus the Jets. It was a pretty, it was a tight game versus the Jets. It was a hard game and we only have one change in the in the actual skating lineup with chris russell coming in so lynn Holm would score in the slot Off of a turnover to take a 1 0 lead. James Neal, however, looked really good in this game. He was flying all night. He was stopped on a breakaway late in the game, but he would score in the first period to actually tie it 1 1 on a bit of a soft goal. I felt Markstrom let in. He picks the puck up off the boards, comes in on him, and just shoots it through the five hole, goes straight through Markstrom. He definitely is going to want that one back. But you know what? We'll take it. The real deal has been slow. We've seen his production drop off an absolute cliff, but it's always good to see the real deal. Barry a one. I'd love to see him get to see that, that shiny spot smile, just sparkle, uh, burn the cameras out when he, when he shines, he, he whitens his teeth. I don't know. Like what well, he's got a good dentist, I guess. It was just sort of Markstrom was robbing us on any chances, good chances we were having. And the chances we were having were far and few in between because, like I said, uh, with that tiredness, the Flames were able to jump on us. Uh, They get a lucky bounce. Lindholm gets a puck deflected on him past Smith, and they're just really unable to climb that mountain. And once they get that 2-1 lead, uh, they're really unable to look back. Smith, with an absolute save of, the, save of the season, though, I should mention. Absolute save of the season, two-on-one with Lindholm. Lindholm would have had a hat-trick, and I, I don't know. I just, I, It might just be just because he's a flame, and it, I hate all flames, but Lindholm, I really dislike Lindholm so Smith with an absolute cross crease robbery flashing the leather I love that he holds it up too for everyone to see like he loves really embellishing the save so that was really really awesome to see but we couldn't do it for him and they would score again the puck would go through Smith a bit of softy through Smith from Lucic, and then they would clean up the rebound into it, and the game would finish three to one after that. The Oilers dropped to 29-17-2, but luckily the Oilers would then have a little bit of rest, a little bit of downtime, and they're able to turn it right around and play the Flames. The Flames are also fighting for their playoff lives. Like We know for the most part we're going to make the postseason. It's really just a matter of who we're going to play first and are we going to have home ice, whereas the Flames are fighting for their absolute lives, so every point matters for them, so this is a big win for them, they were really playing desperate, and the boys were tired, Uh, they're able to have some rest, turn around, and readjust, we see Mike Smith back in, we also see some major lineup changes, we see McDavid and Dreisaitl reunited after both of them being held off the score sheet, and I know, no McPoints, In that game, he didn't get closer to 100, but we know how McDavid responds. We've seen it over the course of the season. You hold him off the score sheet for one, two games, he's going to explode. He's just an absolute monster when it comes to bounce back games and we also see with the two of them united we see Ryan McLeod moving up to second line center with Pugliarvi and Ryan Nugent Hopkins on his wings I was sad to see Pugliarvi leave McDavid's wing I've really liked the little bit of chemistry and the way Pugliarvi plays with McDavid the way his forechecking style works with him unfortunately you know I think it's also that's a really good solid line and I've really liked what I've seen from McLeod so far he's a fast skater he forechecks well and I really think the Oilers are starting to build a little bit of an identity in sort of this really heavy hard four checking team just a forecheck from hell, as I like to call it. Um, They really pester teams in their own zone. Yamamoto, Pulyarvi are really good at that sort of those plays. We have a lot of those pestering players on the forecheck. About halfway through the first period then, McDavid would score a power play goal, another all-worlder. He gets right back up onto the points, the quest for 100. He said in the post game that it doesn't matter. He doesn't pay attention to it. However, it matters to me, so I'm going to keep track. Of it. He gets an even closer, another amazing rush deep through the middle. Tyson Berry picks up another secondary assist that he gave to Drysidle in his own zone, and then Drysidle gave it to McDavid, and McDavid scored. So we love to see those kind of points come racking in. And the only reason this game was an absolute blowout, and I predicted a 7 4 win, and the only reason it wasn't something like that is one, Mike Smith was fantastic as usual, but also Jacob Merkstrom who had a really strong game last game, continued his really strong play in this one. Unfortunately, we just have some amazing players and we got on them Really early. We were on them. McDavid scored that goal early. And then a couple minutes later, McDavid again sets up Ethan Bear for a great play, great give and go. Good to see Bear drop down. He smashes a one timer past Markstrom. McDavid gets his second point, not even into the second period yet. And the score is 2 0. We go into the second period, and the Oilers play definitely drops off in the second period. They start to let the Flames into it. We take a couple of penalties that gives the Flames some power play looks. We're able to kill them off, but it definitely gives the Flames more momentum. And then in the rebound, Johnny Gaudreau would score on a really tough play. It's a good outlet pass up to Kachuk, but... He turns, and Jones is just playing him a little too tight and a little flat-footed, and he turns, and it's a two-on-one. He shoots, it's a save off the rebounds, pads, all the way to Gaudreau. Gaudreau puts it into the open net to make it two-to-one. And it was actually funny, we were predicting on the last episode who was going to fight, and Kyle predicted Pujarvi and Lucic, and Pujarvi almost did get in a fight with Giordano. They got pretty close. There was a little bit of some pushing and shoving after the whistle, and I was, you know, saying, Pujarvi, there's no way pooley is going to get into a fight, but I saw a little bit of a mean streak. He's got a little bit of, maybe a little bit of feistiness to him, so that might be interesting. Maybe he's got, maybe he's got a fight in him. I think the pool party might have it, but that would be as close as the Flames would get in a really, really strong game. The Oilers would turn around and play a strong third period, and Archibald would score an empty net goal that would give McDavid another assist for his third point of the night, And then Nurse would score an empty net goal. McDavid was almost to four points on the night, but there was an extra pass that all of Twitter freaked out about. It's funny because I'm sure none of of the actual hockey players care, but that extra pass and everyone was like, no, why would you do that, McDavid? He's trying to get his extra point, but Drysaddle gets four assists. McDavid picks up his 87th point of the season. He has seven games left to hit 100. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. It's not if, it's when. He's going to hit a hundred points, and it's going to be phenomenal. It's a really strong game, a really good bounce back game, and a devastating loss for the Flames. Like it is such a huge blow to any playoff chances they have. This effectively eliminates them, which is just so good. That just adds a cherry on top to this win. Another big points for the Oilers, and they go to thirty. and Um, They are holding on pretty tightly now to that second place spot as we now look at our upcoming games. We've got a few games coming up this week. Hopefully, me and Kyle will get to talk about them. I, however, have been able to text Kyle, so I do have his predictions because he is obviously still trying to rack up the score for his prediction challenge so we've got two games versus Vancouver another set of back-to-backs we have it on Monday I guess when this has come out so if you're listening to this the game is probably tonight and then we've got a back-to-back the following day on Tuesday versus them we haven't played the Canucks a ton of the this season obviously they had that big COVID outbreak that postponed a lot of their season so they still have like 11 games left opposed to most everyone's else six or seven games the Oilers are Three and two on the season series with them so far, and the Canucks sit at a record of nineteen. 19- and They had two strong games after they came out of the quarantine versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. but since then, the Leafs have handled them pretty effectively. We still see that they have a lot of players either out due to injury or due to the COVID protocol, so it'll be interesting to see how we go up against them, and I think this is where McDavid feasts. We pick up points and we really start to tweak things for the playoffs. I don't want to see any messing around with any of the shenanigans with them. And I think it's going to be a a strong game, but I think the Oilers are going to be able to handle them. This is a good, you know, show me series, you know, Oilers are second. This is the teams that we should be beating most of the nights. We've got, I think we have like five games coming up almost uh, against them in the next week or so. So we should be winning, I'd say, I want to say all five, but I'll say I think we should be winning at least four of those five games versus the Canucks. So for the first game, I'm predicting a, and I'm sure you can guess it as well, a 5-3 win. I text Kyle. He's predicting a tighter game. He's saying a 2-1 overtime win. And then the second game, the second half of a back-to-back, I feel it's going to be a little tighter, but the Oilers are still able to bring it home a 3-1 win. And then Kyle is saying a 4-2 win, and I don't think McDavid's going to hit 100 points in these two games. He's got 13 points left. I don't think he's going to get 13 points in two games, but I think he's definitely going to rack up, I'd say maybe, probably close to maybe nine. That'd be pretty crazy. I mean, I'd say probably realistically, he gets closer to six points in two games. Um, he just gets a little bit closer, uh, and I again, he's gonna. I think he's gonna hit a hundred. It's it's gonna be really really impressive. He's gonna go on like a streak where he's putting up three points the next the, the last like five games are all going to three point games type games. Uh, I think it's going to be really crazy to see what McDavid's going to do coming down to the wire here. So that is my predictions here. I'm going to take a quick bit of a break. Obviously, I've been rambling on here about these Oilers games. So I'm going to take a quick break, uh, send you to a hockey podcast ad you can hear some of the other cool content we do here around the network and when i come back i will get to some nhl news and then wrap it up and get ready for the back-to-back tomorrow what's up everybody it's Jeremy from the hockey podcast network's newest show the windy city benners podcast my co-host tanner and i bring our unique takes on blackhawks hockey us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy for he's the right coach for the situation giving it to our rivals that's one of the things that kind of sucks i wish we would have had the blues in our division this year because we are trash as well as bringing in some guests from the nhl who's welcome to the show goaltender scott darling the eagle himself ed belford brian bickle david boland letter kenny and the show started out with uh, basically a beer league hockey team and anybody who loves the game find us on all your favorite podcast apps the hockey podcast network website and on social media at WCB Podcasts. All right. And I am back. So we've got some Oilers news here. The Oilers announcing today they have made some roster moves. They have added Philip Broberg. He joins the taxi squad as he leaves his team in Europe to come and Play on the Oilers, so he is going to be practicing after he gets through quarantine and all that sort of stuff. He is the eighth overall pick from the 2019 draft. He's a defenseman. I'm really excited to see. We might even potentially—I don't know how long the quarantine or where he is—along with all of that. But if he's joining the team or he's already joined the team and he starts skating, and we see, we maybe could see him in some games here in the final stretch. And it's always good to have just people handy like that. You never know what. going to happen down the stretch though god forbid we have to throw in a completely green teenager though i would like to see you know he's played some european hockey so i don't think he would be the worst possible person we could put in there but it's exciting to always see the youngsters starting to join the team and start to skate with them and i'm excited to see this kid he's supposed to be really 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 good some other news from around the nhl as well the nhl has officially welcomed its 32nd team to the nhl the seattle kraken finished and paid their final payment to the nhl and have officially joined as the 32nd team they're going to be having the expansion draft this coming year after the playoffs so the other small have to worry about that though I am fully focused right now on this playoff run but however the Seattle Kraken welcome to the NHL as a 32nd team it's going to be interesting playing them next season and it's going to be interesting to see how the draft unfolds but it's always cool to see how the league has expanded so much um, even in you know the little time that I, I have been alive and, and watching hockey so that's really cool we also have four more teams clinching the playoffs here we have Pittsburgh Washington and the New York Islanders all clinching from the same division and then we have the first team from the North Division we have the Toronto Maple Leafs also clinching obviously in the North Division with the Leafs clinching. They're probably going to finish in first place, probably going to end up taking the Canadians. That's going to be an interesting series. I'm going to be looking forward to watching the Canadians just absolutely run as many holes through the Leafs as they can, but I think the Leafs are going to come out of that, but I think they're going to come out of it banged up. It'll be interesting to see how the Leafs fan base reacts to winning a round for the first time in forever. That'll be really interesting. Uh, However, in the other the Mass Mutual East Division with Pittsburgh clinching on top with 71 points. Below them we have Washington with 69, nice, and the New York Islanders with 67. It seems like the Boston Bruins are probably next likely to clinch. They have 66 points and the next closest people below them are the New York Rangers with fifty eight points, and they have two more games played than the Boston Bruins, so that division is pretty much locked up, and it is pretty much exactly as we thought it was probably going to come out. Those four didn't exactly expect Pittsburgh to be on top. I really thought that the Islanders or the Capital or the Capitals were going to be a lot stronger and finish higher. But you know, we'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. Though they have a lot fewer games actually than we do up in the North Division, and that is going to be an absolute division of killers as well whoever's coming out of that is going to be absolutely banged up but hardened to the nail and ready for a deep playoff push around I wouldn't want to run into any of those teams in the playoffs right now so the playoffs are shaping up to be some pretty exciting stuff and so now that brings us to my play of the week unfortunately it is just me this time for my play of the week obviously big honorable mention to mike smith's save in the first battle of alberta incredible robbing Lindholm. like i was saying on that flashing the leather just incredible again. Mike Smith with the honorable mention, but my play of the week, however, is going to go to the newly acquired Detroit Red Wing. Jacob Vrana is going to be taking my play of the week this week for the Philip Forsberg in the shootout. He comes in, and if you don't know what the Philip Forsberg is, it's a type of shootout move made popular by the Peter Forsberg from the early 90s, early 2000s era. He would come in and he would basically deke forehand, backhand, and then as the goalies down, he would pull it back to the far side and one hand tap it into the open net, all while going forward with speed. Jacob Vrana pulls it off flawlessly. Incredible move, incredible goal, and they would win in the shootout. Sam Gagne would actually score the shootout winner for all the Oilers fans out there which was pretty cool so Jacob Vrana you are going to get my play of the week this week take a bow my friend he seems to be fitting in incredibly not to mention he also scored four goals in a game this week so Jacob Vrana more than earned the play of the week crown this week so hats off to him. That is really, really impressive. And that is going to do it for this episode, episode 31 of the Rig Rats podcast. Thank you very much again for listening. Sorry, it's just me this time. Don't worry, we're going to get guests and Kyle will be returning for the next episode. So it won't be just me this time. However, lots of good stuff to talk about. Again, if you want to follow on Twitter, follow along. Uh, I was tweeting out last game, getting really upset with the power play and the way we were playing some four on four hockey, which was really, really funky. That is going to be, if you want to follow on Twitter at the rig underscore rats, you should also follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter at hockey pod And then also, it helps out a great deal if you go ahead and subscribe, leave a comment or review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to, it helps out a great deal. So thank you so much. I miss you dearly, Kyle. I look forward to your return. But as always, let's go Oilers! (laughs)